Welcome back to the Basketball Show. I'm your host, Paul Sir on Sports 1440. And uh, Ryan Wolstead from the Toronto Sun joins us now. Ryan, good morning here. Good afternoon there in Toronto. Uh, but welcome back. It's been a long time, my friend. Yeah, too long, but it, it's uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, real pleasure. I, I, I got to start with the low-hanging, unfortunate fruit of Scotty Barnes' injury. Uh, tell us what you know about uh, Scotty's uh, circumstances. Yeah, it was a weird one. We didn't really know what was going on because it looked like first he kind of got hit on the right hand, and then so he was already kind of shaking that, and then it appeared that Emmanuel quickly... Um, I guess just kind of going for a ball or, or whatever, his, his leg kicked out pretty hard. And I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot to break a finger, unfortunately. And it just kind of gave him a little mini karate kick to, to the, the, the digit there. And um, unfortunately, the x-rays showed a break. And that's, you know, it's not, not great news. There's not a lot of time left. I mean, it's never a good time, but that's not a short-term injury. Like it's not going to be something you're back in a week or two. And I guess it just depends if he's going to need surgery or not. Just how if it's the rest of the season, or if it's just maybe the next month or so. You know, Ryan, it amazes me in general terms that more players aren't hurt all the time. You've got these unbelievably mm-hmm. great athletes, big, strong, fast flying around out there, mm-hmm. and and how players aren't hurt all the time just amazes me. And and here. But here we have a fluke injury that mm-hmm. ends probably in Scotty's season. I, I, I think it's fair to say it was a long shot for the Raptors to find their way into the play-in. But they had played better in a stretch post-All-Star mm-hmm. game. There seemed to be some hope that this new configuration was going to work well together. And I, and I guess to that point, talk about the Raptors today. Let's talk about them when Scotty's healthy. What do you mm-hmm. think of this composition of players that... Uh, Messiah Jury and Bobby Webster have assembled. Well, I'd written the other day in a column that there was no reason not to go for the play-in because, you know, the East, the bottom of the East is not all that scary. It's a very different animal than the West where it's just it's like nuts. You know, Golden State and L.A. are fighting for the play-in. Like, that, that's wild. But um, it was a different scenario. Like, Atlanta lost Trey Young for, like, about as long as, you know, for Scotty Barnes type of injury absence, at least a month, maybe more, and, and they're not playing that great. I mean, they're playing better without him because he doesn't defend, but it's not <laughs> like that would be impossible to catch them. And Brooklyn is a disaster. They just fired the coach. So, I mean, those are the two teams you're chasing. So it made sense to go for it. But now I just don't know. Like, without Barnes, you saw it last night. They were a completely different team. They were beating the Warriors looking pretty good. And as soon as he gets hurt, it was a completely different game. I mean, he's... R.J. Barrett's obviously the, the top scorer on the team, but but Barnes is the guy who makes everything happen at kind of both ends of the floor. Uh, and it's it, especially defensively, he was really coming on as kind of a rover covering so much ground. And it's just, like I said, the East, it's really weak, and they're still going to have a chance, but it's going to be tough. Now you're going to need Barrett to step up even more. You're probably going to have to force-feed Grady Dick. I know he's really coming on. The rookie he's looking a lot better, but you're going to have to probably ask more out of him. And maybe they, they just signed uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty and another player today. Maybe they give them a look and say, if we make the playoffs, they'll play in great. If not, you know, we're just going to try to develop these young guys. And, you know, Manuel Quickly's still a young player. Uh, he's going to be asked to do more, like the whole team, you know. And I guess that that's the good thing, keeping around a Bruce Brown. Now you have him to kind of slot in because and, and, he's been he hasn't been very good since being acquired. And now he'll get a chance to maybe reestablish his value. So if you're looking at maybe a – a silver lining, maybe Bruce Brown reestablishes his value for the offseason for them to trade him. But yeah, it's not it's not the best news about Barnes, and a lot of guys are going to have to step up. Well, to that and to that point, uh, this has been 
an interesting year uh, to say the least to, to say the least for the Raptors but part of the interest comes from the fact that has this been a rebuild has this been a uh, blow the team up and uh, move it forward it, it, it to me it's been kind of a, a kind of a combination of those two things uh, what are your thoughts yeah, I think they wanted to, like, they're very averse to, to, to blowing things up and rebuilding, and I think retool is about the furthest they would say because they they have no interest in uh, being not being a playoff team. Like, obviously the goal is to win another title, but they don't want to be one of those teams that just lives in the lottery and never gets better. Like, you see Detroit and Charlotte and Washington every year. Like, they don't want to be that. So they gave it as many tries as they could with the old group, with, with Van Vliet until he left, with Siaka, with Ananobi, because that team really should have been a lot better. Like it, it, Just the pieces didn't fit. They made some mistakes and had to get Pirtle to, to finally have a center, and they didn't really have shooting. So they, But there was still enough talent that it should have been better. So they, they gave it a try, and that didn't work. And now, yeah, they're, they're just trying to kind of retool on the fly but remain competitive. Like They could have just gone out and gotten a million picks for, the, for Ananobi and – and Siakam, and instead they got the combo. You get quickly the point guard of the future. You get Barrett, the, the new leading scorer, He's still very young, 23 years old, former number three pick, and obviously a Canadian uh, local guy. Um, and they got some picks as well, and Bruce Brown, the veteran. So they kind of are they're trying to do two things at once, like you said. So it, it, it's not really an approach you see that often, and it's it's time will tell if it's the right move, but they're nowhere close to done. They're trying to figure out what's going to be uh, like two years down the line, like they really want to be like a, a legitimate uh, contender in the East and then maybe three or four years, like back to the title contender. So they're kind of trying to thread the needle a little bit. Definitely are. But uh, tell me about what t- I really like quickly. I think he's mm-hmm. a point guard with a tremendous future that they really haven't had before. Somebody who, uh, somebody who is, he's got that, that extra step of quickness and mm-hmm. that extra, uh, ability to create for his teammates and also is a scoring threat from from a lot of areas on the court. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. RJ, you know, every, I, I'm a big fan of RJ's as well. I, I but RJ, I I think his best days are still ahead of him if he can continue on the development path, fe- feeling like he is the leading scorer, feeling like he is the guy that can score in a variety of ways. I, I heard. Uh, Head coach the other day comparing him to Manu Ginobili. Uh, what do you think the, the the ceiling is for both RJ and Quickly? Well, I could start. I'll start with uh, RJ. I think that I think if you're asking him to be your leading scorer and one of your two best players, you're probably asking a bit too much. Like I do agree that he still has a lot of upside. Like I said, he, he's he's still very young. He's very talented. Does does a lot of things well. Uh, but I, I see him more as like a Demar Derozan type. Eventually, like he's going to be. A complimentary guy. He's going to get his buckets, but he's going to need to do a, a bit more to really uh, help a contender. So I think down the line, ideally, you have a, a true number one. I don't think Scotty Barnes is a number one scorer because that's not really what he, he tries to do. He likes creating. He likes doing everything. So I think for the Raptors to be at the next level, they're going to need quickly to be a 20-point-a-game scorer. And I think he does have that potential because he's a great shooter and he's very, very fast, so he can get in the lane and score in the lane. But that's, I still think they're one guy away. Uh, like, Grady Dick should be a nice complimentary shooter. He moves really well off the ball. Um, they're going to try to get him to emulate Clay Thompson a little bit. And I think the Manu comparisons for RJ are a bit much. But, but I know he does get downhill, and he, he has shown a little bit of a – ability to find teammates and I agree there's a lot more to his game but I just think they need one more uh, high level player before 
before you can really figure out where everyone slots in. But I would agree, yeah, I do. I think the quickly, uh, he was a guy I was thinking before that he'd be a great guy to get who's sort of out of favor in New York. And you could see the potential there just because of that skill package and just how, how valuable the that type of point guard is in today's NBA. Like, obviously, we saw the best of all of them uh, last night, Steph Curry, but like a Damian Lillard, anybody, Trey Young, anyone can just pull up and, and just hit threes at such a, a, huge, a huge rate while also being able to kind of get to the rim at will. That's a very, very dangerous player. So I think they were right to identify him, and, and he's definitely a, a very nice piece for the future. We're talking with Toronto Suns' Ryan Wolstad here on Sports 1440 on the Basketball Show. I'm your host, Paul Sir. Uh, Ryan, I'd like to talk about the way the Raptors have handled Grady Dick. I have to say I was impressed when they sent the, the way they handled him. And I think it was in a probably a two to three week stretch where they they seemed to recognize that something just wasn't translating for this young man. And, and I think we all have to keep that in mind. Is he 20 yet? I, yeah, just recently, yeah, yeah not just, too long ago. Yeah. yeah, and I still don't believe the shaving commercials because I don't <laughs> think Grady actually does shave. But uh, but uh, I think like with Grady, the, the fact that they pulled him aside and then focused on him, and now slowly and steadily since then, he's started to really emerge and people are starting to, I think, understand the asset that he really could be uh, for the Raptors. I, I, I think the comparisons to Duncan Robinson, you know, they're fair. The the actions that they're trying to get Grady uh, um, to get Grady comfortable with, like Clay Thompson's, very smart. I think he's a dimension that the Raptors need, and I think was were really difficult for Nick Nurse to look at because he did have some shooters that just never seemed to click in their lineup. But it seems like the Raptors are really committed committed to having Grady Dick evolve into an important cog in the Raptors unit. For sure. And I mean, yeah, with Nick Nurse, they had guys like Matt Thomas who were just too small to, to get their shot off. And, you know, they, they if they shot it, they were going to make it, but they couldn't get it off in the NBA, which is tough. Um, but but Grady's got great size, about 6'8 and change, uh, and he gets himself open really, really well. And I agree, they did a really nice job handling it. And this is an organization that was once uh, up there with Miami with the class of the NBA for developing young guys and unheralded or, or you know, good prospects like Grady Dick, who who's really good, but they got away from that. And this year, to their credit, one of the best things they've done is just taken the right path with him. They, they tried him early on, and he wasn't really ready. And obviously, he was only 19 at the time, just one year in, in college. But they made him get stronger. They made him watch a ton of film and get some reps in the G League. And he's been, to his credit, he's he's really uh, taken it and ran with everything they've told him to do and asked him to do. And, and he's looked completely different. And, and now he looks like a nice piece of the future for them because, as you said, he – he does a lot of things well. He, he finds a way to, to, to get off the ball, to get open. And there's a lot of guys now. I mean, Bruce Brown, too. Kelly Olenek is like a, just such a smart player, such a smart big man. Jakob Pertl, too. So they're, they're kind of doing it a bit differently. They're trying to, to get guys who know how to, you know, they're not doing that isolation ball that's so popular. They're trying to get guys who know how to play basketball, which is kind of nice to see. And it's, it's resulting in tons of assists and some pretty, pretty offensive basketball. The issue is going to be, like, can they defend it all? And that's where I, I was going to jump in with uh, Jakob Pertl. I, I, a, I think we were all surprised when they brought him back. Uh, but B, when the Raptors went on a bad losing streak, it was when Jakob Pertl was hurt. Mm-hmm. He's a very efficient player. Like He's an old school big. He's not a stretch big at all. But he sets great screens. Like One of the things I really like about his game is he sets real screens, mm-hmm. and his slip to the basket is very effective, and his 
touch around the basket uh, is, is is very, very nice. He, he struggles at the free throw line. But uh, to have a traditional big man as part of it who thinks the game well, to your point, and I, and I think Rashkovich does a really good job of working with the pieces that he has. Uh, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's... Uh... He's had to, and he's had to go from, like I said, having a Siakam and Ananobi in a different, completely different type of team. Like, he had the system he wanted to put in, and those guys weren't really that adept to play it, so they had to do something a bit different. But since they've been gone, they've gone to this style that he wants, and he's used his pieces wisely. And like you said about Pirtle, he, he does set crushing screens, and that's something uh, some of the good Raptor teams of the past had. When they were contending, first it was Valanciunas who would just – you know, set those crushing screens, and and then Marcus Saul and even Serge Ibaka too was okay at it, and that that just opens up a ton of space. And now they have Olenek as well, who's a very good screener. Like like I said, a very fundamental player. So it's kind of just uh, like I said, refreshing to see uh, the fundamental basketball because it's getting guys open and, and letting them get open shots and and doing that. And I it might be controversial to say, but we talked about Barnes off the top, and obviously he's the most important Raptor, and losing him is just going to crush them. But it might not be crazy to say that losing Pirtle is would be the, like the next most impactful thing for these Raptors because they are a completely different team when he's out. And getting a Linux helps a little bit, but he's still a, a crucial piece. Totally agree. I, I I I think you've. I don't think it's controversial at all. I think he is the second most important Raptor because his numbers are consistent. I, I that you're always seeing Jakob with ten to eighteen and ten to sixteen. <laughs> What rebounds, you know, and and without that and without the screens and without creating the space, I mean, that's going to make RJ's job so much easier, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, so no, I, I don't it, you wouldn't think that Jakob would be that impactful. But on this team and with this with this composition, I think you're 100 percent correct. So mm-hmm. y- you mentioned, Ryan, and I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could pick the perfect it player, the the new Kawhi for the Raptors with the talent blend that they have, if you could point to a player, and we'll use it as a type of player that they need to get in the future to truly get back to championship contention, who would that player be? Mm, now that's uh, that is putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean uh, that was what I should have prepped you for because that's yeah, not fair. I, I don't know, like a specific player. Um, you know, I'm going to say. Someone like a, a Desmond Bain would be like huge. Just slot him in there as, as like a starting shooting guard, uh, just a guy who can do so many things. I mean, maybe obviously they probably need someone a bit better than that to, to be back in the championship caliber, but they'd be right in the thick of it in the East with a guy like Desmond Bain, a starting shooting guard. You you play RJ up at the three. I know he's a two or a three, and you have Scotty at the four. I think that would that would be a pretty good team because I think Gary Trent right now is a bit of a weak link and unfortunately he doesn't play well as a reserve which is where he should be but I think a a big upgrade at shooting guard and allowing Grady Dick to still develop as a reserve I think that would be the best plan so I think a Desmond Bain or maybe a guy a little bit better than that would be would be huge for the Raptors and I think you know for folks who don't know who Desmond is he's a shooting guard with the Memphis Grizzlies and he is fantastic uh, a guy and I Darko, love. Darko worked closely with him too, and really yeah. helped him develop his game. And Mikhail Bridges in, in uh, Brooklyn too. Darko helped him a lot. So someone like that. A guy I always loved, not and and not so much anymore because his best days are behind him. Was Bradley Beal? I always felt like oh, yeah. Beal was yeah. the guy the Raptors oh, yeah. needed to be a, just a, a tremendous team. Uh, but he can slash, but he can really shoot it, and he can mm-hmm. create his shot as well. Mm-hmm. 
So watching yep. the Warriors last night, last question for you, Ryan. Has Steph Curry lost anything? <laughs> no way. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a, quite a show. And unfortunately, he hadn't been in Toronto uh, since the final, since uh, he sent it back to Oakland. The game Kevin Durant blew out his Achilles when all the Raptor fans and the Canadian fans around the country were crushed. They wanted to see the Raptors win it in Canada. and But Steph had other plans that day back in uh, five years ago. Uh, just about five years in June. And uh, he finally came back, and he's the all-time scoring leader in Toronto, and he proved it again. I mean, he just he does it so effortlessly. Like, all of a sudden you look up, and boom, he's hit three threes in a row. Then you look up, he's hit three in a row, or he hits a guy wide open. Or it's just, like, he, they're never out of a game. That he's, just, he's just he's an awesome player. And maybe he's lost a tiny bit, obviously, like everyone does. They're getting up there. He's a ton of miles, but he's still uh, definitely worth the price of admission and, and one of the best players on the planet. And, and also a great dude. Like he, uh, he took a lot of time to to sign a lot of things for the fans and interact with the fans. And he is, uh, he's a monster. He remains a monster. And like I said uh, during this segment, the West is it's insane. Like they're ninth or tenth. Like your reward for winning the West is going to be maybe to play one of those guys and one of those teams in the first round. Like that, that's uh, good luck to you. Isn't that the truth? The West is yeah. a monster this year. It's so yeah. much fun. I, I, in fact, what I'd love to do is let's get back together and let's just talk about the West sometime. We'll touch touch on the Raptors. Yeah, let's talk about the insanity in the West and how good the West is because it mm-hmm. is crazy. Well, Ryan, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're out of time right now. Ryan Wolstad, Toronto Sun. Uh, what's your Twitter handle again, Ryan? Uh, Wolstad Sun, W-O-L-S-T-A-T-S-U-N. Follow Ryan because his tweets are great and his stories are even better. So thanks so much for being with us today, Ryan. It's great to reconnect and I look forward to talking often in the future.